Welcome back to the Press Play Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that refers to the eye of a hurricane as a beer run. I'm Ian. <laughs> That's true. I'm Seth. Florida things most of you people wouldn't understand. I'm Dasher. And we are going to dive into some nerd news, I suppose, before we get to our main topic, which was my pick of the week. We, I chose Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained, starring Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, and the highly underrated Christoph Waltz. But yeah. before we get into all that, Dasher, you said you had some news for us? Um, yeah, so there's been some rumors rumbling around the internet that um, Marvel has secretly cast at least two mutants going forward because if anybody watched Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, nope, I, I didn't, but um, they all but told you that she's a mutant, thus introducing basically mutants into the MCU. Um, they kind of, sort of, not really. They, they in... literally said that her what? abilities came from a mutation. So, well, I mean, I, I was mean, talking about WandaVision. They kind of tried to do yeah. that with her in one of yeah, the episodes, but, which did not it, land. And Ms. Marvel, they basically said, yeah, your abilities came from a mutation. Take that how you want to, but we all know what the fuck they're talking about, okay? Um, so, allegedly, uh, Harley Quinn herself, um, what's the broad's name? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie is in talks to play the whore. Of Babylon, Emma Frost, <laughs> aka the White Queen. Um, yeah, backstory. Anytime you the, the whore is mentioned, just assume it's Emma Frost when it comes out of yeah. Dash's mouth. That's right, because she is. And it's yeah, been proven time and time again. <laughs> Read a comic book, it's true. It's true. There, there, I mean, no, yeah. lie, no lies detected. I'm not being male chauvinistic, I'm not being sexist. I'm calling it what it is. I'm not knocking her for being a whore because we've all had that time in our lives. But hers just runs a little bit longer than most. And, you know, for that, I kind of applaud her. So it's not just Emma Frost. There's also talks of Taron Edgerton from The Kingsman uh, in talks to play Wolverine. Which I, um, I don't know about. Now, Margaret Robbie is Emma Frost. Sure. Sold. Sold. Mm. Personally, um, I don't care. Yeah. But Taron Edgerton as um, Wolverine, he, he, he better bring it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm I sure he will. Seen, I haven't seen anything yet that leads me to believe he can pull that off. But hey, you know what? We've been surprised before, right? I mean, yeah. And I, I saw this today, actually. Uh, old boy Homelander, uh, the actor that plays him. I can't remember his name to save the life of me. Anthony, Anthony Star. Star. Dracula. Anthony Star. He's, yeah, Dracula. he's been cast in MCU to play Dracula. Allegedly. Ooh. Allegedly. In the Blade movie. Ooh. Yeah, I I could I I like that actually. I I just that. hope this doesn't lead to a trend of only casting him as villains because the guy's got range. Yeah, he's oh, playing yeah. a fantastic villain with range. He's not just playing a fantastic villain. Homelander has range. Yeah, and um, another little bit of nerd news. Allegedly, the Fantastic Forecast will be revealed during G three this year. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. <sighs> Hoorah! Indeed. Can't wait. They already they only fucked this movie up four times. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. I, I, I think I, I honestly think a good Fantastic Four movie is impossible to make. They're too goofy. They are I mean they are straight, they are straight up silver age cheese. They always have been, they always will be. The only way to do it right is if you like go back in time and like they're they're plucked out of the 50s or whatever. You see what I mean? And then they're dropped into present time and they're fish out of water. That's the only way this could work. Kind of like, like Cap. Kind of like Cap. Kind of like Cap. Yeah, kind of like guess. Cap. But I uh, mean, 
I, I heard yeah. the same thing about. I mean uh, that that that's not a terrible idea, actually, Mister Rebel. Um, I would strangely be with that. I would strangely well, be with that. I've I've heard. I haven't seen the new Thor movie, but I've heard it's very campy and goofy, and so was Ragnarok. So if you want to give Taika Waititi the reins to the Fantastic Four, he might could do a good job. I I like Taika. I like what he's done with the Thor series. Let's be honest. He's brought life to it. Because yeah, because the first two, two movies were trash. The, the first one was okay. The second one was trash. The third one, um, very well done. And this one yeah. I haven't seen yet, but I, I I hold our good friend Sly Freddy's um, opinion in high regard, and uh, he was feeling it. So, yeah, yeah, but he didn't like the finale of the boys, so his <laughs> his opinion can really go suck an egg. Yeah, he also he also thinks Goku could beat Superman, so I take his opinions with a grain of salt. Well, oh yeah, he does. Think he's, that. he's disqualified. That's a conversation for another time. Anyway, um, gentlemen, I kind of feel naked here while we got to talk about his one movie. I kind of feel uh. It feels refreshing. Like give back to our roots. Just talk about one thing. Uh, yeah, feel, yeah. It's it's different. Even though yeah. like ninety percent of our episodes were covering something like some TV show or whatever, but you're not getting me to watch Miss <laughs> Marvel or Kenobi, so I'll move nope. on. That's fine. That's fine. And I don't even so know. Which I I I'd more I'd, I'd more rather cover a the the latest season of fucking Lego Masters than watch Obi Wan or Miss <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> yeah because when the when five minutes of a tv show is all people will will not shut the fuck up about you have a bad show yeah and uh this has absolutely nothing to do with nothing but seth i didn't know that you were a uh peaky blinders fan sir kudos i finished the uh series last night okay i'm my I'm girlfriend to do that my girlfriend decided to watch <laughs> that without me so i just didn't get a chance to watch it i'm just gonna watch penny dreadful again <laughs> offer offer shalom <laughs> Shalom, Alpha. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy slays in that series. Yes, I've been told. Slays. Um, Ian, what do you got for us tonight, sir? I said it at the beginning. It's on the title. People clicked on it. So you don't have to ask me. <laughs> We're going to talk about Django Unchained, which is me personally my favorite Tarantino film. I've seen the important ones. Okay, I haven't. I haven't gone through his entire catalog of movies. All right, I don't care that much about about him uh i've seen pulp fiction i saw kill bills the um i saw inglorious bastards and the other one um reservoir dogs yeah reservoir dogs but i only saw that one once i tarantino has a style for me that sometimes works and other times just not i was just about to say the ex- i was going to touch on that yeah they're very a lot of times they're very dialogue heavy yeah I, oh i've also seen death proof which i do not like that's um, that's a Tarantino production. That's a Robert Rodriguez film. That's Robert. Yes, Rodriguez, but it yeah. has it has Tarantino all over it. It does. Yeah. It it does. And um, from the long drawn out conversations to the foot fetish, it's got him written all over it. And, and it's it's like you just said, Tarantino's got basically two styles. He's either got long, long shots that are heavy in dialogue, or he's got quick takes that are all over the fucking place. Um, generally. Mm-hmm. This movie, uh, you said it's your favorite Tarantino film. It's it's top five. Um, I don't I'll accept think, that. I, top I, five. I, He's got eight films. I, well, there you go. <laughs> um, I, I like, you know, I, I don't not like this film. I think it's a fun film. It's a good time. 
um, how Leonardo DiCaprio did not win an award for his role in this film, I'll never fucking know. I don't know. Uh, he got he got screwed on that one. He got screwed in a lot of films, and then the one that he did the one he did win an award for was easily his worst role of all time. Um, go figure. But as far as like rankings go, you know, I'll, I'll put I'll put I won't put Inglorious Bastards over this, but I'll definitely put Kill Bill Volume One. Um, I'll put Reservoir Dogs over it. I'll put uh, Pulp Fiction over it. Um, I'll even dare say I'll go as far as to put uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood over it. Didn't um, see that one. But it's it's this is a fun film. I, I have no issues with it. Seth? This is probably the, the Tarantino film, other than Pulp Fiction, I've seen the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, it's, it's just... It's, it's captivating from opening credit to closing credit. It's just a lot of fucking fun. There's now there's a lot of imagery in this movie that is hard to look at, but oh, especially with the dogs tearing that dude apart. That's yeah. the one I, I have to look away sometimes. But Tarantino does it in such a way that it's it's just it's, it's over the top enough. Yeah. To mm-hmm. uh, to help you know, maintain your, uh, your suspension of disbelief. And he does a very good job of that. It, it does. He's probably the best dialogue writer in Hollywood. It, it does border the uncanny Valley a lot more so than a lot of his other films. And this one, does it not? Yeah. I think the reason it's my favorite is just because it's one of his film. in my opinion, it's probably his most rewatchable because a lot of a lot of his other films are, you know, dialogue heavy driven uh, or actiony or quick cuts or whatever. But this one kind of encapsulates all of those, and it's got enough going on to where you can just have it on the background, or I can watch it again, even though I just saw it last week. Like I, I just think it 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 has a rewatch value that some of his other films don't have. Mm-hmm. And I, I disagree with that because this is probably the Tarantino film that I've seen the least. I think this was only the third time I've ever watched this film. Um, and again, I, I enjoy it, but the rewatch value on this one, in my opinion, is a lot lower than the previous ones that I mentioned. Hmm. I guess it's just what you're into, but exactly. uh, this one like to me, it, like. it, I, yeah, I've seen this movie at least, I don't know, 20 times just because I can put it on no matter what kind of day I'm having. If I, if I need something on while I'm playing video games or I just want to watch something that's not new because I don't have time to dedicate myself to a new series, I'll just put on Django. Uh, uh, I will say this: It's one of my favorite Jamie Fox roles. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Christoph Waltz, except for Hans Landa. Those two are his like crowning jewels of acting, and they're both yeah. by the same director, which is great because he like Tarantino just gets you know Christoph Waltz. But I think this is probably my favorite intro of a character, if not my favorite like top five when they introduce. Uh, uh, Han, or not Hans, but um, Christoph Waltz's character. He just rolls right in, kills people, kid, uh, buys Django and says, hey, y'all kill him and we'll be off. Yeah. Yeah. And the way it's, he speaks, uh, he's so much more intelligent than everybody. Sorry, Seth. He, right. No, he's, I was, I was just going to uh, say that, that, that his, the, the way he talks to people is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love watching him speak. It's like he's talking down to people without actually talking down because you realize that's just how he talks. It's not it's not even that he's talking <laughs> down to you. It's just that he's clearly so much more intelligent than everybody else. It yeah. just and comes he knows off it. that way. And he knows it. Yeah, especially for 
English being his second language, he's more well-spoken than anyone else in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like when he comes in contact with Leonardo DiCaprio, who projects the illusion of intelligence by wanting to be re uh, referred to as Monsieur Candy and naming his slaves after, you know, uh, French literature, but he doesn't know a fucking thing about them. He just wants to project that he's intelligent. When he meets somebody yeah. who's actually intelligent, it comes. He, he it, you can see behind the facade that this guy doesn't know a fucking thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you you touched on it a second ago that Tarantino just in his writing knows how to pull the best performances out of the people in his movies. Um, I mean, he pulled a hell of a performance out of Ben Grimes, and I never thought that was possible. <laughs> but um, fair. you know, totally that's 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 just what Tar that's Tarantino's style is he gives you the best bang for your buck as far as dialogue driven scenes are concerned with the actors in his film um, he knows it's, how it's, it's kind of fascinating in a way because he writes dialogue the way people actually fucking talk yeah and he also and his he knows how to cast his, his actors he knows what roles to put them in um and he's 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 a is a harsh traditionalist too. I mean, Django's it was shot on film, it was yeah, not yeah. shot on digital. He refuses to use digital because he says that that, uh, that ruins the magic of movies because movie, mm. you know, it's just a series of fast moving pictures. Well, I mean, and, and that's speaking I mean, speaking of pictures, holy shit, this movie is gorgeous. It is a pretty Absolutely. film. It's very it a pretty gorgeous. Film. But all of his films, for the most part, are pretty films. Even Reservoir Dogs which takes place 90% in the fucking warehouse. Mm -hmm. It's still a beautiful film. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't particularly like, like Kill Bill one. I love, but Kill Bill two, I do not. They're both very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Kill Bill is probably my most rewatched Tarantino film. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there right now. Um, and Seth can probably relate as far as why that is. And what's funny is like, cause I've made this abundantly clear on this show a number of times. I don't like Westerns. And this kind of is, even though it doesn't technically take place in the West, it takes place in the South. It, it, he's good. He's definitely going for that Western vibe. This is totally a Western. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I know at least two other Westerns that you love. Um, Tombstone. You love, you love Tombstone and you loved Unforgiven. I did not say that I loved it. I said that I liked it. Mm, I have to go back and review that, but I'm pretty sure that you, you thoroughly enjoyed Tombstone or Unforgiven. But anyway, um, this is a Western in spirit, but it mm. just doesn't really feel like a Western to me. That's what I'm is saying. It, is like He's definitely going for the motif, so it feels like one, even though it's kind of not. It, right. he, has, he has a lot of elements of spaghetti Western in this. Absolutely. Mm. The, the, the quick zooms and the, 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 the sound cues. Uh, yep. It's, it's, it's very... Uh, Tarantino did what uh, what Spielberg and Lucas did. They took movies they love, genres they love, and they just made, they basically write love letters to that genre and make yeah. a film. Yeah, and uh, Tarantino uh, also has no problems, no problems whatsoever writing. Um, how can I put it? harsh dialogue when it comes to <laughs> racial undertones oh yeah that's if you have not seen this movie and the n-word makes you uncomfortable whoo this is not the movie for you because i think this movie broke records for the amount of times it said that word 
And he yeah. called a lot of shit for that. Well, here's the thing. The fact that he caught shit for the word being in the fucking movie. Guess what, folks? This is a period piece. And that's how people talked back then. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's the way they they referred to black people. And if the word makes you uncomfortable when people say it, guess what? It's supposed to. It's a horrible fucking word. It's a horrible thing to call someone. And every time someone says it in this movie, you're supposed to hate that they're saying it. Yeah, because Christoph Waltz never says it one time. No. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. When? He says it a lot. He, he, said, he only says it when he's in character. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, he only says it when he's in character, when he's just alone with Django. Oh, that's right, because when he pulled word. up to Don Johnson's house. Mm-hmm. Which who I, I, who I completely Don forgot was in this film. I, I dude, who I completely he, forgot was in this. He's film. like he, he's he's a minor character in the scope <laughs> of the story, but he's one of my favorites in this movie because it's Don Johnson. Yeah, I mean, and he kills him. You not? Yeah, he does. He does. And then Jonah um, Hill shows up right next to him for five minutes, which is <laughs> right. weird. Which is very weird. Uh, yeah. Oh, very that weird. that entire that entire sequence of them just pretty much making fun of how stupid clan members are. Yep, is, is gold. It absolutely is. I I, th- uh, I think my favorite scene in this film, and it's probably one of the most iconic scenes in this film, one of the most talked about for sure, is when Django starts beating the slave master with his own whip. And that, that goes on for a that goes on for a good minute. Maybe, yeah. Just yeah. just a minute, just a minute straight of bullwhip after bullwhip <laughs> after bull, and it was gorgeous. I don't it really was, have a favorite. I don't really have a favorite was, scene. There was it's there was just, no. There was no music. All you hear is the impact of the whip. Yeah. I don't have a particularly favorite scene, but it's basically just from the time Don Johnson enters this, the movie into the time he exits is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> it's a lot of, that's Cause, a lot of fun. Because this movie has basically two parts. Leo doesn't show up until halfway through the film and then just commands the screen. And then we're on to the second part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that takes about another fucking, I don't even know how long this movie is, but. It could, it, it could is, be about three hours. It's two, yeah, we, it's two hours, we, two hours and 45 minutes. We have yeah. to touch on Samuel L. Jackson's role in this film. Oh, I was going to bring him up. He was not forgotten. He, mm-hmm. My God, man. Did Samuel L. knocked it out of the fucking park in this the, role. The head house slave. Yeah. And mm. I love the fact that he was able to like this because when you first meet him, it's obvious later on that this is all an act. Mm-hmm. He can drop the cane, get serious. He's putting on an act for the white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, and, I, just and, I love how he and, goes from yes, and he, to, to, and, and he knew this. Django, he knew Django was full of shit from the word go. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I love how, uh, that candy also knows it. Mm-hmm. Let's him do it. It's all part of it. It's all a show. Everything about Candy is a show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's probably the most despicable fucking human being on film. And props to Leo yeah. for being able to, because I'm sure a lot of people listening know this. That scene where he slams his hand on the table and breaks the glass, that was not supposed to happen. But no. the motherfucker ran right through the scene, and Tarantino yeah. was like, cut, print. We're done. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. That's it. That's well, it. No I mean, he, he cut he cut his head and he wasn't supposed to, so he starts bleeding. But I mean, they did cut before that. They just put they the, when he reaches when he puts his head on uh 
on an old girl's face and, and yeah. blood all over her. That's fake blood. Yeah. They would never let someone run, you know, do ever, that. ever, ever, ever. But they just right. kept, they, they had, they kept going like, <laughs> we're getting good shit right now. Let's keep it, let's keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Then they, yeah, obviously. That, that entire speech that he makes after he comes back in from the library talking to, uh, to Steven, uh, you know, Steven's telling him that Django and, 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 uh, and Christoph Waltz are full of shit. Yeah. Uh, when he comes back in and he has that box and he brings that skull out of the sl- of the slave that lived there for seventy something years, uh, and starts giving the pseudoscience lecture about how the 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 part of the brain in black people that is uh, supposed to make you more subservient is bigger in black people than any. That's the oh my, dude. That is the type of bullshit that you hear racist people say because yeah. they're taught it their whole fucking life and they believe mm-hmm. it through and through and they try to utilize that to justify their hatred mm-hmm. and i've never seen a better example of that in a film ever i think you might be right there um it was a very disturbing scene <clears throat> for all yeah. the reasons it should be mm-hmm. but it was also a very fascinating scene as well because you realize during that scene that this isn't Hollywood. This is real life that we're talking about here. People actually have this mind fucking set and it's as despicable, if not more than what we're witnessing on film, because these guys are getting paid to say this shit. Okay. Yeah. This is what they do. They get paid to evoke emotion. Your average everyday fucking Jack wagon from South Alabama <laughs> that says this shit. He feels he means that. Yeah. And speaking but, of, I, I remember an interview with Tarantino, or uh, not Tarantino, when DiCaprio said that, you know, there, he had to take like breaks from shooting because, it, you know, speaking the dialogue just made him feel physically ill. Well, he apologized. Right. He apologized to Samuel L. Jackson mid shoot and says, I'm so sorry, sir, I, I, that I'm saying this. And Samuel L. Jackson basically told him to shut the fuck up. And keep yeah. acting his ass off. Yeah, we're shooting a fucking movie here, brother. We're shooting a fucking movie. Just keep acting your ass off. Yeah, you're okay. Like, you're good. Because people have to understand, Jamie Foxx and Sam Jackson did not show up on set not knowing he was going to say that because the, the, oh, there's right, these yeah. things called scripts that right. they have yeah. to read. Yeah. So is yeah, it, it's like like you said. It, I think Tarantino might write the most realistic dialogue ever because, like you said, that is what people think. And I. Speaking of this, speaking of Alabama Dasher, I, I've never been able to to tell. But do you think uh, old boy Candy was fucking his sister because they got they were a little too close in this movie? Hundred percent. Oh, he's totally hundred percent fucking his sister. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. No questions. No. Qu- I mean, they didn't have they didn't have to they didn't have to slap you in the face with the answer there. It's just one of those things that all right, you know, yeah. you know, you know. <laughs> My sister. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is it me or is um, what's the guy's name that played uh, Lex Luthor in the animated series? Um, fuck. In the animated series, Superman the animated series. Who played Lex Luthor? Oh, that's uh, 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 because uh, he's in this movie. Is he? Yeah, fucking. Oh, God damn it. Or no, maybe I'm mistaken. But I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure the first guy that uh, Schultz killed when he freed Django in the beginning 
didn't he show up later as like Candy's enforcer or some shit? Like, is that played by the same guy? No, no, you know, different, different guy. The guy that played Candy's enforcer is the same guy that played Raiden in Armageddon uh, or yeah. in Violation. Yeah, you're right. That guy. You're right. What's that guy? And we all know the guy's name because he's he's one of the one of the most used B list actors in B movies. James Reamer. That's it, James Reamer. Yep. But there's there's something else this movie does well that Tarantino's a master at. And again, I have to bring up the the skull scene. That's tension. You know, the bombs under the table. Oh yeah. We all know it's there. And when's it gonna go off? And fuck when it goes off. Holy shit. The, 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 the dread you feel when watching this movie sometimes because you know bad shit's going to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we're sitting here talking about Tarantino, the director, and how amazing he is, and he is amazing. At his peak, Tarantino was as good, if not better, than 99.9% of the people out there. Oh, no, um, he's up there with Scorsese and Spielberg and yeah. all. He's, but he's- I... I I would like to take just a brief moment to talk about Tarantino, the actor. Oh, man. <laughs> because, the Australian. <laughs> because I, I'm not going to lie. This is not the first time he's cast himself in a role in nope. one of his films. He's not bad. He's not, he he's not great. He, he's he, not great, but he, he knows how to write himself into a movie. I think he in this one alone, like I think he just the, the person who was supposed to play that role didn't show up on set that day and because he wrote the because he wrote the script, he knew the lines. Cause he's in the movie for two minutes, gets blown up with dynamite. I think he just probably was like, fuck it, I'll do it if we can't get anybody to fill in. God damn it. Give me that give me that dynamite. Yeah, but it um, you know, again, You guys are all yeah, having a blast. I want to turn. <laughs> yeah, and again, I go back to the role that he played in Pulp Fiction, very small role. But he did a pretty damn good job. The role that he played in uh, Planet Terror, very small role, but he did a pretty damn good job. You know, uh, Tarantino, he's not going to win any Academy Awards with his acting by no stretch of the imagination. He's got plenty for directing. No one cares. Right. But again, he knows how to write himself into a film to where it works. He knows his limitations, I guess you could say, his strengths and his limitations. Or he knows being on film too long will distract people. That too. It's like, dude, we all know who you are. Yeah, it's not M Night. No, because that um, dude will or- make that dude. That dude makes him the savior in every movie he ever directs. <laughs> but you know, you know his his role in um, uh, oh my god, from Dust Till Dawn, uh, fabulous. Didn't see that one. Really? I know people are going to hate me for it, but I did not. You know, one of the things I enjoy most in Django is just how much of a badass Django is. That's a bad motherfucker. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Django's a beast. Yeah. Django was awesome. Um, What's funny is uh, there was, I don't know if the script was written, but there was almost a sequel to this movie. And Tarantino actually wrote a comic book to this. It was a sequel to this movie. And in the sequel, that ended up being a comic book. They wanted Django to team up with Zorro. <laughs> wow. And that, that comic book exists. You can read it. And it's got Jamie Foxx uh, as Django on, in, the, in the comic book. They, they made it look like Jamie Foxx. It happened right after the events of this movie. Do I want to see that movie? K- kind of. Kind of, yeah. 
But yeah, only if kind of, kind of do. Only if Antonio Banderas is playing uh, Zorro. I 100% agree because that because the mask of Zorro <laughs> with Antonio Anthony Hopkins was good. The Legend of Zorro, <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. The first Zorro yeah. movie was fucking dope, and I don't care what anybody says. It it really was. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then cause like, yeah, because you know it was Antonio Banderas going up against Discount Ewan McGregor. <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't. Yeah. Now let's talk about the the ruse that uh, the Doc and Django are trying to play on Candy. Mm-hmm. They they go there under the guise of being slavers, and the Django right. black slaver, which is supposed to be like the lowest form of human ever. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they they do it because they they're they're they're, they're trying to trick Candy into buying. Uh, Jango's oh, fighter. Back. It's basically uh, no, 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 ba- basically the, the, uh, the, the slave fighters. Uh, yeah, slave fighters. And at the end, toward he, he mentions that he wants uh, Rumhilda because she speaks German and he's German, and he'd like to be able to, have, to speak his native tongue with somebody. And Katie finds out about it. He goes fucking nuts, and winds up selling her to them anyway. What? I have, I I have a problem with it, and I don't have a problem with it. Okay, because the the it, it they got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they just go there and offer to buy Broom Hilda for that much money? Because he and was I, probably taking it. I know what you're talking about, but Schultz's uh, his his logic made sense. If you're trying to buy a horse from somebody that somebody doesn't want to sell, you don't ask them to buy the horse. You ask them to buy the farm. Yeah. And no, no, I, I get it. And I, and I don't, uh, it doesn't hurt the movie for me. It's just a question. Right. Why, why did, why did they have to go that route? Why didn't they just offer to buy the thing they wanted for that much money? Cause he obviously didn't care about, about what he was selling. He sold, he sold her to him anyway. I looked at it like this. Um, no movie made is without its flaws as far as the screenplay is concerned. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the flaws in this film. Um, you don't have to wrap up every single individual detail um, because that's obviously going to take way too much time. And I don't think that was a detail that took you uh, took you out of the movie or made a no. big impact in the ending of the movie. No, no, it no. Just, it, it, it doesn't hurt the film. It's just a weird choice to make. It, well, I understand yeah, yeah, what you're for saying. A, for for a person, not for him, not for the writing, for for a right. person to make, and so right. it's weird. It's a weird stretch of logic, and I get the logic; it makes sense. Well, you're that's also why you're also talking why it about film. You're also talking about some of the most illogical, illogical, you know, people put on screen in this movie as well, too. So, yeah. right, and that's why, like, if if they were just wanted that why did he make a big deal out of it i think like in my mind it's just because what we said earlier he's always trying to project this level of intelligence and he was and he doesn't like people trying to trick him because he's definitely you know he's sensitive about that shit so when somebody tries to fool him he wants to be smarter than everybody else and he just threw into a rage because he's basically a child Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i get it who fucks his sister? <laughs> definitely fuck. He's definitely fucking that uh, sister. 
amongst other horrid things that he does. The, but, uh, the introduction of Candy alone uh, is one of the greatest villain introductions ever filmed. He, you go in there and they've got they've got two slaves fighting to the death. The death. It's not a big crowd around a ring. They're in a parlor room and they're fighting on the bare wooden floor. And there's probably three people in there. And now you have my attention. Yeah, it's a very. <laughs> it's, it, it, it made it feel intimate. Mm-hmm. It made like it these feel, people are just doing it for their own personal satisfaction, and it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. And well, Candy also did it for show. He knew they were coming. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to project this level of I don't give a fuck about these people. Look what I'm watching. I damn yeah. give a fuck about you. And I, I think it should be stated that this movie is probably one of the most memed movies that has ever existed. Um, oh, for sure. You know, just Leo's face and Samuel Jackson's face have been on so many fucking memes. From this film, it's probably second to none. Right. Yeah. I, I do love that's one of my favorite lines uh, ever. It's just like, oh, you had my curiosity. Now, now you have, you my, have attention. my attention. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, uh, that, that, that parlor scene, uh, even after the fight, is fascinating because uh, the other slaver, his, his guy loses. And he goes up to Django and he's like, What's your name? Django. How do you spell it? D J A N G O. The D is silent. He's like, I know. I'm like, mm-hmm. I love the tension uh, between because it's the, there's always going to be tension in this movie because of the fact that Django is black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, 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 and that's and the that's time great. frame is set in and the time frame and location is set in because this is set in Mississippi, is it not? Uh, Tennessee. Yes. No, Tennessee? it's Mississippi. It's yeah. Are you sure? It's, it's yes. obviously. It's obviously. Oh right. Uh, the um. It's obviously the, Mississippi. The Don Johnson shit happened in Tennessee. I forgot. Yeah, they were in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Right. Um. But all in all, you know, I give this film a solid A. I really do. A plus. Um, which says a lot because again, it's like not even my favorite Tarantino film, and it gets an A. So that tells you a lot about the man's work right there. And I've seen I a mean, lot of. Uh, I've seen a lot of quick uh, uh, sharpshooters and gunslingers mm. on on YouTube. They're like uh, they're they're experts at this, and they're like, "We want." To, I think it's called the breakdown that GQ yeah. does. It's like, yeah, yeah. How I'm, realistic I'm, is this scene? Right. They brought up Django. One of the gunslingers was like, uh, "His technique is almost perfect yeah. for a fucking movie." Right. They do their homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a tar- Tarantino. He he goes over every detail with a fine tooth comb. Even for Kill Bill, um, and some of the sword fighting scenes and the making of the swords, and you know, just the samurai lore, he he did his homework. That's just what Tarantino does. He immerses himself in the movies that he's making. Right, like some people, it, it's almost like every movie he makes is a passion project. Exactly. Yeah, that's why only, that's why he's only directed so few films. Right. He he only makes what he wants to make. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's an independent filmmaker, and I fucking love him for it. Yeah, uh, he, he's he's dedicated to his craft, and it shows in every film he, he makes. Even if uh, there's a couple of his films that I just don't care for. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but that I've just comes down to the subject matter. Like, I don't particularly care for you know one or two of his films, but that's just because it's not for me. Sure. I can't. I cannot. You cannot say that they're not well crafted and well made. You just can mm-hmm. say that they're not. They don't interest you. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty much. Like, 
like four rooms. Great film. Not Never my cup heard of tea. it. Not my cup of tea. It's the one that had Madonna. It took place in a hotel. I don't know anything about it. You should watch it. We'll see. No, this is, I mean, dude, just for the, the, the ending action scenes and squib work alone gives this movie a C plus. Oh, if the squib work, the squib work. That's all so that out- was in it. And that's the all squib, that was in it. The, the, squib work, the squib work is so outrageously amazing, is it not? <laughs> so, the, uh, explain what that is to people who might not know, because it has to do with a lot of the blood. A, a, that you see. a squib is, is, is a little tiny, uh, it's a micro explosive underneath your clothing that explodes outwards and, and uh, mimics a gunshot uh, by spurting blood. And uh, these are so well done. Which, well done, me, indeed. As, as an individual who has literally been shot before, it doesn't happen like that, but it's still fun to look at. No, the, 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 when Candy, when when uh, when uh, Schwartz shoots Candy and Schultz, or Schultz shoots Candy in the in the uh, in the library, that's what a gunshot is. Mm-hmm. It goes through. Yeah, it doesn't explode out like. <laughs> or oh, by the know, way, he's got a fucking he's know, got a fucking pistol and. Or you know, it ricochets off your skull, breaks your collarbone, and gets lodged to the upper arm. But you know, whatever. Okay, we're going to talk about this before we wrap anything up. One of the most satisfying villain deaths I've ever seen is when yeah. Schultz shoots Candy in the, in yeah. the fucking heart, and he just yeah. he just turns around, knows he's about to die, and goes, "I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't resist. Yeah." And yeah. his and, and the way and the way that uh, that uh, Django killed Stephen. Yes, that was great. And just, I think that that one might be one of my favorite scenes uh, in the entire film. Is they sign over Brumhilda, and he's like, uh, you know, usually I would say Avita Sane, but since Avita Sane translates to "until I see you again," and because I never want to see you again, I'll say this goodbye. And he's like, "You're going to shake my hand." I don't care how much you just paid me. If this motherfucker doesn't shake my hand, shoot all three of them. Yeah. And I think Schultz knew at that time they were fucked anyway, or yeah. maybe he just wanted to be a dick. <laughs> but yeah. because, I mean, he kind of screwed Django on that one. Yeah. But he's he just, he, I, he, he shoots him anyway. And I'm like, oh, fucking, like, I, Leo, I love to see you act, hate to see you go, but your, your character was killing me. Goodbye. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it shows him thinking whenever, you know, his sister's in there playing the fucking harp or whatever, and he's flashing back to the to the dogs, and mm-hmm. so you can yeah. see how upset he is, and he and he knows the moment that Candy threatened to kill her, uh, if he didn't shake his hand, something completely arbitrary, that if he didn't stop him, that atrocities like this would just perpetuate until he died. Yeah. He had yeah. to die right then and there. Yep, fantastic decision, fantastic death, fantastic movie, fantastic movie. Yeah, um, I like I said, you'll never hear me say anything bad about this film. I like it a lot. Um, it, it's it's it, it's a good watch. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I haven't awesome. seen it in like three. I haven't seen it in like three weeks because uh, I don't need to watch this movie to review it. I know a lot of times we do. It's like you I know, watch this today. I, I don't I, need to. I, 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 I kind of want to watch it when I'm done. I will say this: If you're a modern day SJW that's all about cancer culture or cancel culture, this movie's probably not for you. Uh, but I want you to watch it anyway. And that's that's again a problem. Is like 
there's a difference between somebody saying it in real life and this is a film. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is not real. This. Yes. A lot of things, a, a lot of this does mimic real life that happened a hundred years ago. Not more than that, but it's a period piece. Well, even that, I mean, let's be honest. It mimics a lot of shit that still happens to this day. True. Yeah. That's a, which is unfortunate. It, it is. is very unfortunate. I mean, but, and that's, that's the thing that, that that whole little, that SJW shit doesn't get is that yes, it's being offensive, but it's, it's also making a point. Mm-hmm. There's a point to it. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not put us. Yeah. Not and there's a, just to say it. And you can hate, <clears throat> you can hate anybody in this movie that you want to, but there's a point that's being made as well that the, our main characters are the two smartest people in this film. Yes. There are heroes. They're the ones. Jenga, Jenga was not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. No, 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 he was. No, Schultz was. There's moments where you see Schultz was educating him throughout their travels. Yeah. But uh, that's it's it's the fact that Django and Schultz are the two smartest people on screen that keeps you from just completely hating what's happening to them because, you know, that they're smarter than this. Yeah. So, what mm-hmm. else? Anything else we want to talk about? Did we miss anything? No, I think we pretty no. much covered all the bases. Uh, what you got for us next week, Seth? Next week, we're going to watch a film I haven't seen in quite some time. It stars Richard Gere and Edward Norton. We're going to watch mm. Fear. All right. Okay. What would you say? Primal Fear? Primal Fear. Never seen and, it. And um, my selection for the week after, I had not made a decision until this episode. Ian, you inspired me, sir. We're going to watch my favorite Quentin Tarantino film of all time. Oops. We're going to watch From Dust Till Dawn, starring Quentin Tarantino himself, um, Juliette Lewis, Harvey Keitel, and um, George Clooney. Isn't Selma Hayek in this movie? Selma Hayek and Danny Trejo. I'm in. And Ian, you have never seen it. No, I have not. Really? I can I oh. can wake up I could wake up tomorrow morning with my ears sold to the Yeah, we know, we know, we fucking, know. I wouldn't be fucking <laughs> you a said it a million times. Right We've all seen it, Christmas Vacation. It's a horror movie. Cool. Uh, my next pick is going to be a TV show. It's only six oh. episodes, so calm down. You can find it on Hulu. It is a spin-off TV show, but in my opinion, it is better than the source material. It's a sh- little show called Shorzy. Okay. Never heard of it. That's fine. You don't have to see the source material to get it. Okay. Fuck you, Shorzy. Is is this is this a fucking um knock is this a spin-off of fucking Letterkenny? Yes, yes it is. Oh for fuck's sake. Okay. No, no, That's no. Fine. I said I I don't know a lot of people that will agree with me. I think in my own way that this is a, this is better than Letterkenny. Do I have to watch Letter Kitty to understand what the fuck is going on? No. No. Okay. All right. Seth, do you know you've seen it all? No, 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 no. Okay. I've seen clips and no, you don't have to. Because uh, I'm not, not going to lie. I've tried to watch Letter Kitty and all I'll say about that is the creators of this uh, entity are very big fans of Trailer Park Boys, obviously. Because <laughs> they fight <laughs> the shit out of it. Fair enough. So yeah, that'll be my pick. It's six episodes, 30 minutes long. It take, it take you no longer to finish the series than it did to watch Django. Fair. All right. Well, it's been real. 
It's been fun. It's been real fun. Peace. Bye-bye.